TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will um, with minimal damage that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, Good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and they come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing and... I have a few tips for everybody, you know, you know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, your home for talk of Woodland Varmints. Oh, and the WB Club. And sports. Mark, how are you this fine Saturday Suckage? I emphasize Saturday so people know that this is their weekend. They can spend time at home. Yeah, man. Hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm living the pay cut lifestyle in my COVID-free condo. Looking forward to three hours of fun radio with you, Stevie Sunshine, and then maybe walking around outside in that sunshine after the show, if, that is if, the mayor is cool with that. We cool? We cool, Lightfoot? We good like that? I hope so. Uh, you better talk to Mother Nature, too, because there are, um, they're, they're, they've forecast thunderstorms. So I don't know how much of the city might be washed away once your the sunshine you is just a dodge. Yeah, I, For, you're uh, home enough. Watch a watch a news, watch a news show, watch a weather report. A, there's stuff watch on, a news. Stuff on watch a news. There's stuff on the TV. So yeah, I it, I am seriously I am very poor at looking at the weather forecast. I am at the moment of going outside is when I look at the forecast, and typically I just look at. <laughs> 
and, and honestly, it's I only do it for the temperature. I know, but I don't. I, for some reason, I don't like doing it. I like the okay. I'm gonna go outside now. I'm gonna check my phone, see what the temperature is, so I know if I need to add a layer or if uh -huh. I can just go outside in my shorts and t-shirt. Do I need my sunglasses? What is the deal? But when I see those little clouds, man, I didn't want to hear that, Steve. That sucks. All right. Well, anyway, bears. I'm surprised, frankly, that you don't get bears uh, up, updates from Jean Grody on the weather since she seems to be in the the weather and apparel business and that's one of her concerns she is the one who often is the spoiler alert for my weather forecast she will always <laughs> tell like what you just did what you just did to me oh, my mom does take to her me place oh. all the time like we're we try to arrange times for me to go out to itasca to hang out and visit and all that kind of stuff and it's always a hundred percent based on the weather well i don't know if i want you driving if it's raining out and you know we wanted to sit outside and it's going to be cool and you know your father's you know he, he's got his shoulder so it's always about the weather with with my mom and and with most people i guess i've rebelled against that okay <laughs> Get to know Alrighty, me. Man. Hi, I'm Mark your, Rody. It's I'm Mark Rody. I've rebelled. What are you what are you rebelling against? What do you got? The weather, apparently. Checking the weather. I'm a rebel, Steve. I don't check the weather before I go outside. I just go right into it. Yeah, yeah, you're going all Brando. That's that's the new version of Brando. What are you rebelling against? I'm a man's man. What bro. do you got? Rebel without yeah. yeah. How you doing, Steve? Was What's it up, Brando, buddy? Brando or was it was it James Dean? I don't know either. Rebel without a cause. I think it was James. Okay. That sounds James more James Dean, Dean should, to me. Yeah, it should be. I should know the the fact that we use his music on this show to walk into this thing. I should <laughs> yeah. know that. I um, yeah, I'm doing fine. I I like our show today, such as we have planned. We have um, we have a couple topics we we need to discuss, and we would welcome input from callers and texters the tech zone is brought to you by rosen hyundai of algonquin save time shop online at rosenhyundai.com 67011 we already have texters 414 let's roll with this sucky show all right and then we have the 815 apologizing for hijacking the the trubisky segment last week and turning studs into a country icon with his knowledge of trash pandas and other woodland varmints so no need to apologize that's that's part of saturday's suckage and isn't adam his... stadzinski can't we just did don't we have a nickname now can't we just refer he's the trash panda congratulations trash panda. adam stadzinski it's been a long time since we've had a score nickname the Trash Panda producing our show today. Well, what's funny is you're giving me a nickname when you already call me by my nickname. So Studs. it's like a second nickname. Yeah. Yeah. The Studs is too easy because it's part of your name. So yeah, that's lazy. It, well, I mean, that's really is just my name. Like, there's, I'd say 90% of the people I know call me Studs. So what a great yeah. name, though, to have Stud. In, I mean, do you feel like you have to? Is that why you have the the shirtless photo on Facebook to, to, to attempt to live up to being Studzinski? Obviously, I have to live up to the name. I mean, you can't have those that that word in your name and not show off a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you got to stay in shape, man. I mean, you keep it tight. I know. I'd run into you up in the the workout center way back when we all used to be in the building, and you'd be doing your shirtless workout thing. Oh, hey, well, I wear a shirt when I'm at the gym. 
Come on now, give me a little credit. Yeah, but when you're in the locker room, you 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 spend a lot of time with the shirt off. Like you'd have the jeans on, then you go over to the to the mirror, and then you comb your hair. Like extended shirtless time is what I notice about you. I never really think about that, but okay, <laughs> maybe I'll have to think a little more into into, <laughs> into that. Okay, Thank you Trent, for pointing yeah. that out. Okay, that sounds like something on a on a day planner. Extended shirtless time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pops up on my calendar every day. It does. Especially on sunny you. days. On the sunniest good for you, of days. Trash. Yeah, good for you, Trash Panda. Uh, a texter, yeah. <laughs> a texter corrects me. The wild one that was with Brando, not Rebel Without a Cause, that I believe was with James Dean. Just so we're we're clear on our 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 bikers, our disenfranchised bikers. And it was a famous line. What are you rebelling against? What do you got? Uh, we are Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Grody. Our phone number is 773. No, it's not. I just lied. 312 God, are you giving out cell numbers, bro? <laughs> I'm looking at this the text line. I almost gave out somebody's cell phone oh number. <laughs> yes, you um, are anonymous. What's our, Studs, what's our phone number? Our call-in number? Yeah, because you're going to be the one to alert everybody. Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. Yeah, because we... It's been that for I, how long? I know, but I'm old. I forget stuff. And also, you're the one who alerts us if we have breaking phone calls while we broadcast live from Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. So, Mark, we, we sort of have a post-game, pre-game show planned the post-game show from last week's The Last Dance, the 97-98 finals. The Bulls won the last two championships in their repeat, three-peat. We saw the pizza game. And by the way, you, you got you to gotta love companies that, that seize on the moment. And as they were describing, letting Michael Jordan describe as they were focusing on the pizza game instead of the flu game, DiGiorno's tweeted out, delivery pizza, go figure. I really appreciate DiGiorno's for doing that. That's fantastic. But, but with that and watching them win their third straight for the second straight time, and Jordan and Pippen were the, the two that, that were parts of both central figures, Batman and Robin. And it struck me, we're dealing really, and this, the, the, the doc brought up something even bigger we didn't talk about last week, that the complicated legacy of Scottie Pippen got more complicated. I don't know what you came away, tell me what you came away with and your, your thoughts on Scottie Pippen, your opinions, your, your, did anything change? Did anything get underscored? with you as you you look at scotty pippen the bull nothing changed with me in that and i actually understood what the documentary was trying to do i mean when you when you are putting together a documentary you want entertainment you want it to be well maybe not even entertainment is the right word if you're doing a true documentary you want it to be compelling and unfortunately scotty pippen's missteps were really really compelling really compelling the you know, the one point, a, a superstar refusing to go back in the game, that cannot be understated. It cannot be glossed over. It cannot not be a huge deal then and now. It is a massive part of his legacy. 
as were the migraine headaches, which were only heightened and made, only made him look worse because Jordan trudged through a game where he he acted like he was near death. Um, you know, just the 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 salary stuff I didn't think was that big of a deal, but I think it it helped in creating something. I don't know, villain is the right word, but just some. You know, Scottie Pippen played the part of an antagonist, and every good story needs one of those. And unfortunately, I do agree that he was compelling in that regard. Now, the one thing that does irritate me, and it didn't get any better in this documentary is that people outside of Chicago, for some reason, have always condescended to and disrespected largely Scottie Pippen just because they look at him as a guy who was along for the ride. And I get it that a lot of those Bulls players were that, but that was not Scottie Pippen, that there was a legitimacy to his game. And I don't know that that will ever be zeroed in on close enough um, just because of the Jordan factor or anybody getting their true due as a basketball player because of MJ. What do you think, Stevie? I I I had I understood why Scottie Pippen would be angry, why Horace, why everybody who isn't Michael Jordan might be angry about the way Scottie Pippen was portrayed. I don't think they lied about anything. They didn't. I don't think it was no. slanted. I nope. think it was. It was presented. I'm not. I'm reluctant to call this journalism because Michael Jordan had a stake in this, a say in this. This was, uh, as you said, more entertainment than it was a Ken Burns documentary style presentation. But they were the the things that I remembered about Scottie Pippen, good and bad, and then Scottie made it worse. So he brought up the migraine. Let's, there's a book in there. There's some symmetry with what happened with Scotty in the migraine. He couldn't make game seven against the Pistons. And that was just, you could almost hear Jordan rolling his eyes. Mm-hmm. Look, anybody's had a migraine. If you have cluster headaches, you've had a migraine. It's, it's terrible. It's terrifying. It is paralyzing. So then he plays Robin to Batman. The one thing that wasn't really the one thing that should have been made bigger that should have, that was more important, the Bulls defense, Johnny Bach and his Dobermans in that first the first three championships. That series against the Lakers when they won their first title changed when Pippen started guarding Magic Johnson. It was all over. The Bulls swept the Lakers from that point on. That's how good Scottie Pippen was. That's what he meant. That's what he was. Long arms and 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 a Doberman the way Johnny Bach imagined all of them. So then we, we see Jordan leave and there's enough explained about Pippen that he was he was the MVP. He was an MVP candidate that year. The, the Bulls are won 55 games without Michael Jordan. And you're thinking, could they really go back to the finals without him? And then they play the Knicks, and he sits out the 1.8 seconds, which is bad enough. Then he apologizes. Bill Cartwright with an emotional emotional speech. And, and you saw Will Perdue in the documentary. You heard him on the score with Dan Bernstein, which was riveting, riveting radio. Great stuff. Great insight. It was the, the, the Will Purdue replay of the last dance. And 
Then you have Scottie Pippen in the documentary saying he wouldn't change a thing. Scottie just made it worse. He apologized to his team for sitting out, for like you said, that's it. no teammate would ever do that. Then he says in the documentary he wouldn't change a thing. How could you not change a thing? You already apologized for doing that. So he's made his legacy more complicated. And then we went through the whole, the injured ankle, delayed the surgery because he didn't want to mess up his summer. He wanted to renegotiate his contract. He wanted to be traded in the middle of rehabbing and didn't like his contract because, look, he signed it when he gave... He gained security, financial security for his family. Then he has the back problem in game six. And this is where it kind of comes full circle for him. The guy who couldn't get out of bed from the migraine when they needed him against Detroit. Guts it out on the on the court. He he goes in and out of the locker room. He gets treatment for for his back problem. He serves as a decoy. He even scores. And they win that third title uh, for the second time. So he gets some redemption. But what sticks with me is that he just made it more complicated by saying he wouldn't change a thing. Didn't that bother you? Didn't that shock you? It did. It didn't bother me as as much as most people were bothered by what I read into it and what is obvious and maybe not being said enough. Scottie Pippen is still steaming over the fact that that play was not going to him and it was going to Tony Kukoc. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that Scottie Pippen just look, even though it was the right call to have made, obviously, a shot that Kukoc had made previously and he put it in without a problem, Pippen felt disrespected he felt like, and, and let's face it, let's face it, in, in that case, most superstars are getting the basketball, and most superstars probably would have been pretty turned off if it wasn't coming to them. Now, most superstars would not have sat out. That, that is for sure. I mean, that, that, I mean look, it's, it's a massive misstep on his part. I was not as alarmed by what he said afterwards and in retrospect as many people were probably mainly because of the fact that the shot was made and he's living his truth and he's being completely honest and I got to believe again most superstars would can you imagine Michael Jordan like in that scenario no, we're, we're going to give the ball to Kukoc we're not going to give the ball to you Scotty no, Pippen nobody, the five. nobody would not give the ball to Michael Jordan yeah, I saw okay. somebody asking okay. a question what if that was what if Mike was Fair on the team would he have done that no the ball's Fair going enough. to Jordan. Jordan okay. will decide whether he keeps the ball or he gives it to Steve Kerr. That's, Fair enough. That's, it's not anybody's right. decision except Horrible example. Horrible example on my part. I will nice try, wear though. that one. Okay. <laughs> Most other superstars in the league, okay? Yeah. Uh, would, would that play would have been designed for them. It is pretty shocking that Phil Jackson said... No, we're not going to give it to the MVP candidate. Another thing, too, about that series is that, I, and, and now I'm, I'm even more angered by it, and I'll keep saying this, and I don't mean this in a playful, anger way. Like, they did not even give a sentence to Hugh Hollins. Yes. That could have helped Scottie Pippen's cause just a little bit. 
He was a horrible call away from advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then who knows what the hell happens if the Bulls get into that spot. And even if if Pippen leads the Bulls into the NBA Finals, even if they don't win the, the NBA Finals, his legacy probably looks a little bit different, more different today. And 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 who knows if Jordan? Maybe that changes the plight of Jordan. I, I don't know um, if if Scottie Pippen leads the Bulls into the finals. I don't know how things change after that. But the fact that they didn't even mention it to me was um, a. I think that was a premeditated idea on their part to continue with to, in keeping Pippen the antagonist in his own little way or somewhat of a villain throughout this documentary if that's I don't know if those too strong of a word but I think you know what I'm saying well he certainly represented some conflict and he certainly by presenting facts about Scottie Pippen actual incidents stuff that he would talk about that he wasn't running away from saying this was all made up that you you do see that no matter he always tripped over something he found a way to make feel-good moments or counter-feel-good moments and and with something just like to make you, you know, palm-to-forehead kind of stuff. I, w- I do want to provide some context. Something else they left out. You're right about the, the Hugh Hollins call yeah. on Cuba. you got to mention it. Right. And, and eventually, the, while the NBA backed it up that night, they would eventually come around to the Bulls and say it was an awful call. We regret making that call. And you're right. Whatever happens, you, you have no idea at that point because the, the Bulls would be surging and 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 Scotty would have deserved that opportunity. Um, the Maybe we don't have this documentary. If they go to the finals without Michael Jordan, right? I don't know. I don't know. But, but a little context in Scotty's mind, I think, and I have no idea if this changes what you think of him, maybe... Maybe it justifies his actions. I don't see how you can justify his actions. But on the play before, Tony Kukoc ran the wrong play. Scotty had the ball. Tony didn't move the way he was supposed to. And that botched the whole play. Scotty's got the ball. He's looking for the last shot. Tony doesn't get out of the corner. Tony doesn't run it like it's supposed to be run. And then Scotty's essentially trapped and then comes Phil's decision to change the the shooter on the next play. I don't know if that does anything for it, but that also was not mentioned and it was it seemed pretty significant that that in Scotty's mind I had to believe it was significant that Tony botched his version botched his chance with the ball and then Tony's gonna get the ball like it's it's a reward for doing the wrong thing on the play before. I'm sure that's how Scotty looked at it at some point in his life, but who knows? He always he seems to say everything and he seems to say the wrong thing at too many times. Yeah, and and I, I don't I can't blame him. I mean, like the again, the retrospect stuff, maybe I would have handled that differently, but that just adds to it if if Tony had botched something previous to that. So that adds to you know more evidence in his favor that no matter what, even if he hadn't botched it, yeah, your superstar, your MVP of the league candidate, probably should be getting the basketball there and be allowed to do with it what he wants, even if he is the guy passing the ball or if he decides to pass, he should be allowed to take that last shot. And the man, 33, is still mad at his head coach for that. 
<laughs> right? Is that the, isn't that right. the only thing you could take away from it that he said that he said he would have done it again when he relived this, just like we're all reliving? He's like, man, why did that play not come to me? That's what he's thinking. No matter what, even though there's a happy ending to it, and Tony Kukoc swished that ball in a high, you know a relatively high degree of difficulty, you win a playoff game, doesn't matter. Ball should have come to me is what Scotty's saying. Yeah, it, it seems to be that way. And there's um, and also you you bring up Phil. Phil is if you Michael was wrong at the end, and Michael was wrong at the end because of Phil. We should talk about that next. We have to take a break. Uh, the the top of the hour, we will talk to Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Bulls, play by play voice of the Bulls. Uh, knew Jerry Sloan very well. He passed away yesterday. The former Bulls, one of the, the original Bull. Scouted by Jerry Krause, the original Bull, and he was a Bulls coach. He was a Utah. We saw him prominently in the last dance, coach of the Utah Jazz, one of the winningest coach, I think fourth winningest coach of all time. And we'll talk to Swirsk, knew him really well. We'll talk about the current Bulls regime with Swirsk. We'll get his thoughts on the last dance. That's at noon. At one, Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. We, uh, because it were, as long as we're dealing with complicated legacies and documentaries, the one coming up about Sammy Sosa, we will talk to Sully about that. We have questions about Sammy Sosa. And we will uh, take a break. And when we come back, the um, Michael's idea of what was the way it was going to go, Michael um, was hallucinating at the end, I think. he just He's just making stuff up. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosen. And this is Saturday Suckage. We we hope to suck so your quarantine doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday suckage. Steve Rosen, Lamar Crody with you till 2 o'clock today, taking you up to our uh, Cubs replay today. Cubs 3, Giants 2 from September 4th. Jason Hayward struggled all year, but he was the hero in this game after a key error. He comes back to redeem himself. Redemption is what baseball does best. Uh, If it gets played again, it should redeem itself. A couple other things we have planned today. I think, Mark, what do you say? What are you doing, Wagner? In the 12 o'clock hour, sometime after we talk with Chuck Swirsky at noon, should we do that? Yes, that is going to be great. That is going to be a time in which I will be, again, calling out 
the panda. What is it? What is it called? Trash the, panda. To trash panda, Adam Stadzinski. Um, some consumer reports have come in on you and- our dear executive <laughs> producer. So there's a back and forth that I had with a couple of listeners, and uh, it, it centers on studs and the stringent way that he apparently runs things. I think maybe in the past there's been some breaking phone calls that uh, Adam didn't let through. So I don't know Ooh. what's going on back there. He knows we can't see the phone lighting up. So I don't know. I'm getting mad just thinking about it right now, Steve. Wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Take breathe. Yep. Breathe. Yep. Breathe. Uh, we have an 815 texter, and I have no idea if this studs can look at the message, the text message, and see if that number is legit. And it just says, former studs roommate here can confirm extended shirtless time. Oh, yeah, I recognize that number right away. I lived with him in college. Uh, are you wearing a shirt as we speak, as you produce this well, Of show? course I am. I'm at the studio. <laughs> yeah, well, so that, what? Nobody I don't else know is. That that give, and you know, from what our audience and I have learned today, I don't know that that would matter, studs. That's why the question had to be asked. Someone who traffics in designer bib overalls there's no need for a shirt for some people <laughs> designer bib overalls i can safely say i haven't worn overalls in probably 25 20 years. minutes 20 yeah. 20 minutes yeah but no i always wear a shirt when i'm at when i'm at the station i mean even if no one else is here it's about integrity i gotta keep the integrity of the station alive here yes the integrity of as the 260 texter lets us know the washboard show the Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And the the end of the end of the the doc, the last dance, was Michael Jordan claiming he was he was going to be all Henry Kissinger and make peace and bring everybody back. And and there's two things two things going on here. One is I believe Michael Jordan is passionate about being angry still to this day. You, Mark, you talked about Pippen being angry that at Phil for Phil not calling his number again on that play, low these many years later. And Jordan's angry he never got the chance to come back and lose. He wanted a chance to defend it. I get, I get every part of that. But the way he was doping it out, he was... Um, as we say on the WB club, he would be inducted as a member because he was clearly high, thinking that he was gonna, that he was gonna say, okay, who says it was like who says no to this? Well, you're gonna talk Pippen into signing a one-year deal, the guy who had yammered on about being underpaid for eight years, and he's looking at sixty million dollars plus, whatever it's gonna be. You think he's gonna come back for one year, and and all the other guys who were gonna come back for one year that you think you could talk them into the most important one was Phil Jackson if not Dennis Rodman you can you could argue whichever other one you needed but Rodman was was clearly out of control and it was seemed to be everything they could do to keep him in control i mean he did go i remember some morning of a shoot around where he supposedly got back from i was standing with Terry Armour the late Terry Armour of the Tribune and Dennis got back. Billy Corgan was there. They had flown to Vegas, I think, overnight. And and this is what the Bulls were dealing with. They just get him on the floor. We need him on the floor. We need him to rebound. And that's what he did. But the idea that Phil was going to come back, 
Phil was as much, Phil helped this deteriorate as much as anyone. You talked earlier about a, a villain. Jerry Krause was the villain in this thing, and deservedly so in some areas, but Phil didn't get enough blame as a villain. Phil was never going to come back, and Phil was happy with the decision because it gave him a rallying point. Of, he, he got him the phrase, the last dance, and it got him it got him the 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 last championship but he was ready to leave he wanted to leave he was done with it so i think i i don't know what you came away with i saw there was no way they were ever going to pull this thing back together they were going to get the band back together i thought the ending was haunting and i have a different take on well, it i i think that if if michael jordan wanted to get loud back then and wanted to literally go knock on some doors like those of Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen. If Jordan says, I am all in, let's do this. After watching that documentary and you and I and many people listening, knowing what Jordan is all about, the power that he has, the will that exists, I believe that things could have been different, that Jordan could have talked Pippen into coming back that he could have talked Phil Jackson into coming back. This is one of the single most powerful people in the world we're talking about in in Michael Jordan. And the one and, and even if Rodman wasn't a part of it, and I would disagree with you a little bit in saying that look, he was out of control, but the only people that were able to control this guy or rein him in were Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen and then Chuck Daly to a, a different degree as well, even if you don't have that guy around, the one thing that Jerry Krause did do well, as much of a goof as he was at times, and even in his attempt to rebuild, it was bad. But the one thing Jerry Krause did do well at a high level was build a team around Michael Jordan, that he could have found pieces, that he could he he showed his ability to be creative from the beginning in getting Scottie Pippen, to have seen Horace Grant and said, you know what, that that is a guy who will fit in. I trust that Jerry Krause could have continued to build the championship team around Michael Jordan. If Jordan got loud then, I think the Bulls could have come back despite Jerry Krause's wishes and desires. The power of Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen would have would have usurped anything that Jerry Krause had had, and I think Reinsdorf would have gone along with it. So the only mistake Jordan might have made was to to not shout it, to not go to work, to not to sell the Bulls coming back, and maybe that was his pride that he wasn't going to do that. Well, that also got short-circuited because of the the cigar cutter accident where he sliced his finger and he wasn't. And then now there's takes him out for a year. If it, even a shortened year, it takes him out for the year. I just don't think I don't think Phil's coming back. I think Phil's staying in Montana, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I really don't think Reinsdorf was going to listen to much of that talk because of the money involved. And I don't think Pippen's going to sign a one-year deal. I don't know who is out there to rebound the ball. Maybe, maybe they take another chance on Rodman, but I think they're really tired of it after three years, and it's each year was getting. You don't worse. think if Jordan goes out to to Montana, sit and spends a couple days with Phil Jackson out there, and says, "Let's do this," get his ju- like after a couple of weeks of hanging out in Montana, and Jordan sits down with him, and then goes and sits down with Pippen. You don't think a guy 
like Jordan, the power that he has and the way he could sell something and his desire and all that kind of stuff after what we just saw, you don't think he could have talked Phil into coming back? So if he knew this was it, why didn't he? Well, that's that's the one critique that I would say. Like I mean, I said just now, maybe it was his pride, but that was the mistake he made. He was not if he is being truthful in what he said at the end that he that it sucked leaving his prime and that he wanted to come back. Yeah, he should have. He, he dropped the ball and and not using his power in a good way. And maybe that was like I said that he doesn't want to go begging to guys. He's got way too much pride and he's Michael freaking Jordan, but. I believe that they all could have come back, and I believe they could have won again. I mean, I don't, especially shortened season the next year, and you know, you look at the competition. I, I don't see why. Um, yeah, they were tired at the end, but it's not like they wouldn't have figured out a way to remake themselves, refresh themselves. And we saw Jordan constantly do that throughout his entire career. You know, going from a skinny, athletic kid to putting on muscle to working a post-up game, you know, he, he adjusted, even in his Wizards days. I mean, he, he was a different player, but he always came out better, and I, I believe that the Bulls would have refreshed themselves in that time. I, I don't know. I think there are too many people who are tired of each other. Phil is tired of Krause. Krause is tired of Phil. Reinsdorf is tired of, of not being able to make them work together. And he's, he said it this week, Casey Johnson and Darno Mayberry, he has said it this week. He said that, that Jerry, Jerry Krause was very hurt by Phil Jackson's disloyalty, that Jerry Krause got hurt when he wasn't loved by the people he loved. And he gave Phil his chance. He believes he, he plucked Phil out of the CBA, never would have had a chance otherwise. True or not, I don't know, but that's the way Jerry Krause thought of it. And Reinser said he didn't even care that they didn't like each other. They needed to work together. And he, he believed that was at an end, that, that that had all blown up. And he also did not want to – clearly, he's a businessman. He has investors. And he didn't want to spend that kind of money. He didn't believe he could spend that kind of money or should spend that kind of money, that it would be a long-term waste on what he was doing because I don't think anybody planned on signing a one-year contract. I think that's – um, that's happy the revisionist history by Michael. I don't think that was going to be the case for anybody. They were going to seize their their moment because it was their moment. It wasn't Michael's moment. And there's a big difference in that. If you're Steve Kerr or Scottie Pippen, if you this is this is where I am. I need to get paid. That kind of thing. And they weren't going to stick around because Michael wanted them to. And I just think Phil was intractable. Phil wanted Krause's job, wanted Krause's authority. Phil thought he could do Krause's job. And then Phil tried to do it in New York and was a disaster, an absolute disaster. Phil should have learned a greater appreciation for Jerry Krause after that. Maybe if he had a greater appreciation for Jerry Krause during it, it might have gone on longer. And also, maybe if he had a greater appreciation for for Jerry Krause, then, then it would have been, um, I don't know where he ends up. I don't know, but, he, but it, it might have been more productive. They might have had more than six. Well, Michael Jordan thought he could do Jerry Krause's job, too, and I thought it was hilarious. This week, um, McNeil and Parkins had Antoine Walker on, and Wa- I don't know if you heard that or not, but Walker was talking about how when Jordan was coming back the second time, or the I guess the third, to play for the Wizards, 
he put together all these pickup games, um, did Antoine Walker, with players from around, all the stars from around the NBA would converge on Chicago in the name of Michael Jordan to help him get in shape. They would scrimmage, and they would have captains. And Jordan would be one of the captains. They would do it old-school playground style where the captains pick the teams, and you have all these stars. And Jordan's first pick, apparently, was always Charles Oakley. He'd pick Charles Oakley. He'd pick a, apparently he would pick like a facilitator guard, you know, um, you know, a guy who was going to pass him the ball. Like the teams that he put together were just bad. Um, and it just makes me think about his, the way he's put together teams since he played and back in the day. And the one name that we always go to was Walter Davis that Michael Jordan wanted on the team and some of the uh-huh. players that he pushed for. I'll give Jerry Krause a little bit of credit for not allowing Jordan to be an influence. That I don't think you'd ever get away with that now with it, with the players having basically taken over the league. You've got to let guys play together. But, man, they, they Krause had to block out a lot of nonsense, probably coming from Phil Jackson and, quite frankly, from Jordan when it came to the, how to build the team and the personnel around Jordan. Right. Everybody, everybody was just, there were, there was such a, a, such anger and enmity and, and such discontent for a team that was, that dominated a decade the way it, the way it did. And the personalities were real strong and that's what made us watch. And that was great, but I don't think it was happening. I agree with Jerry Reinsdorf. I don't see it coming for a whole lot of reasons. I don't think it happened. And I think Michael was just, Michael needed to put down the bong and just get on with it. There you All go right. again, it's Steve. A, always a, agreeing with owners. That's you. A, yeah, that's me. Sunshine. That's yep. a, agreeing with owners. That's what I do. Well, <laughs> in that case, as uh, with, in a spasm of lucidity, I do agree with Jerry Reinsdorf. It wasn't. Wow. It wasn't happening. Um, one thing are. that did happen. I'll, I'll do this briefly. My uh, Joe, my one guy at, at Trader Joe's. We'll take a break. When we come back. Something happened this week that. Bears fans would love to happen in reality, but at least it happened virtually. I'll explain what I mean. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde. We are Saturday Suckage. We suck so your quarantine doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage with you. Top of the hour, we'll talk to Chuck Swirsky, voice of the Bulls. We'll talk to him about Jerry, uh, Jerry Sloan. I think Jerry Krause will come up, the last dance, and the Bulls' new change of ownership. Um, Chuck always has thoughts on that. So, Mark, I don't know if you're aware of this. I wasn't until my Joe, my wine guy at uh, Trader Joe's, told me about FanDuel Madden Multiverse. Do you have any idea what any of that means, Mark? No, sir. It's a comp- They're doing FanDuel on... Madden Multiverse on a YouTube channel. They're running a computer simulation of NFL games. So if Bears fans could make one change, one trade, you get to change one guy for another guy, a a one-for-one trade, what do you think it would be, Mark? If the Bears right now were to trade one guy, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I know exactly where you It's got to be Trubisky-Mahomes, right? That's right. So that's what this FanDuel Madden multiverse game was. They put Mahomes on the Bears, last year's roster, and they put Trubisky with the Chiefs. And with last year's teams, 
Pat Mahomes' Bears won 17-6. (laughs) He threw a TD pass to Allen Robinson. Trubisky managed all of 88 passing yards with a Super Bowl-winning offense and one of the best tight ends in the game. 88 passing yards with the Chiefs, and he threw a lot of bad passes. Now, you understand this is a computer game. David Montgomery ran for a TD inside the five, so it was nothing like real life, and the computer is smarter than Matt Nagy. But I just thought that would be... I got the biggest kick when I heard that, kick kick out of the whole idea. They swapped Mahomes and Trubisky, and Mahomes... Mahomes' Bears beat Trubisky's Chiefs. So there you go. There's Pretty a computer, amazing. Yeah. Computer, computer playing out of that. All right. The, um, the Bulls and Jazz lost a uh, significant part of their organizations uh, yesterday. Jerry, Jerry Sloan passed away. He was 78. He was um, a man who was um, pretty plain spoken frankly, and as tough as they came as a player and a coach. We'll talk to Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Bulls, about that after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.